Hey now, what's good everybody? Welcome to another episode of the I'm Tell Like Tell Is podcast with your host, yours truly, Jai Shields. Got a lot to talk about today. Talk Be all over the good, the bad, and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Here, recap uh, Super Wild Card Weekend here in the National Football League. Got my brother, he will be joining me to, uh, he'll be all over his uh, Seattle Seahawks and the uh, dysfunctional, inept, disgraced performance with uh, his Seattle Seahawks offense. Uh, Russell Wilson, uh, can you smell what the Russ is cooking? I think not, as we say goodbye to the Seattle Seahawks until uh, September of 2021. And of course, recap the national championship game that was played on Monday night, and I give you my thoughts on uh, two absolutely complete, selfish, narcissistic, self-absorbed idiots that are in the National Basketball Association and Kyrie Irving and James Harden. But first things first, let's recap uh, Wild Card Weekend in the National Football League, and how about those Buffalo Bills? Hey, 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 let's go Buffalo, let's go Buffalo. Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills, and the Buffalo Bills got the job done against the Indianapolis Colts, beating them 27-24. Josh Allen, you know, unlike his previous playoff games where, you know, and the and the Buffalo did not play great in that football game, don't get me wrong, you know, if they, if, uh, I don't, and, and I'll have Brendan on the show later this, on, uh, I think, on Friday to discuss this. I don't want to hear not another word but about Phillip Rivers being a Hall of Fame quarterback. I mean, if you think, if you think Phillip Rivers is a, is a Hall of Fame quarterback, first ballot no less you need your head examined but Buffalo did not play great in that game under any circumstances they let uh, Indianapolis hang around when that game really should have been you know should have won this game by 14 points or more but give Josh Allen credit he made the plays made the throws that he that needed to be made to put uh to uh, bring Buffalo over the top you know something that he did not do in his previous two playoff appearances in 2017 against uh Against uh, or 2017, that was Tyrod Taylor. My apologies. In 2000, um, uh, last year in 2019 against against uh, against Houston. So you give him all the credit in the world. You know I'm a, I am a big Josh Allen guy. As they took care of business, 27-24. Uh, Josh Allen, 26 for 35, two 324 yards passing through for. Two touchdowns in the game as well. Uh, Stephon, did, I, did, look, and I tweet and I tweeted this out on Saturday, and I and this and I am not exercising in hyperbole when I say this. Uh, six receptions, 128 yards, and a touchdown catch for Stephon Diggs, and I am not exaggerating. I am not putting 100 on 10 when I say this. Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs right now is one of the top five best wide receiver quarterback combinations, quarterback comp, quarterback wide receiver combos in the National Football League. Hands down. Top five, Rodgers and Adams, Breeze and Michael Thomas, uh, Mahomes and Hill, Mahomes and Tyreek Hill, and then you got Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs. Or, and then you can even go Brady and... Brady and uh, Mike Evans, Brady and Godwin, Brady and Antonio Brown. I mean, take your pick. Uh, this uh, Russell Wilson and DK Metcalf. These this these two guys, Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs, is up there with at uh, top five. 
right now, top five best quarterback wide receiver combinations in the National Football League right now. These two, uh, to, and, I, and I will preview the Buffalo and the Raven game later in the week, but these two guys, the Ravens defense has, has, has quite an assignment on their hands having to game plan on how to make how to hold uh Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs to uh you know to getting less you know to keeping them below 28 points because they they have their work cut out for them because this is not going to be a this is not going to be a uh a walk in the park for for Baltimore because when these two are clicking Allen and Diggs when these two are clicking they can set opposing defenses on fire on fire these two Best, one of the best wide receiver quarterback combinations in all of the National Football League. Um, it's from an Indianapolis standpoint, from an Indianapolis standpoint, you know, they lost that game by three. They had that missed field goal by uh, Blankenship, the uh, the kicker out of Georgia with the, who wears the uh, the sports goggles. You know, they had plenty of missed opportunities in that football game. You know, they, they couldn't, you know, they couldn't get it. They couldn't score touchdowns at the end of the goal line when they needed to. Um, they they did not play a uh, perfect football. Again, they allowed Josh Josh Allen to make plays, uh, circa Jim Kelly that needed to be made to put the game away. Um, they didn't manage the timeouts properly. Reich did, and make you know they were out of t- they were out of timeouts. So they weren't even past uh, the and they couldn't get past Buffalo. They couldn't get past the fifth. They couldn't get past midfield on that last drive late in the game. They had no timeouts left. So essentially, with I think they had like you know they had had less than ten seconds left in the game fourth and long and they couldn't kick a long field goal so they had to do so they had to go for a Hail Mary 10 the game um as that that was uh and the game should have been over with with that fumble I was wrong with it at the time I didn't think it was a fumble uh when it happened in real time but when I looked at it over and over and over again you could clearly see that that was a fumble and it should have been ruled as a fumble, Buffalo ball game should have been over sooner than it was. Buffalo won the game regardless, so it's not going to be that big of a deal. But the ref ball is certainly making its uh, appearance known in this 2020 NFL playoffs. I'll, I'll dissect Phillip Rivers' performance with Brendan later in the week, but that's where you stand as far as Buffalo and Indianapolis is concerned. Buffalo moves on. Indianapolis goes home. Buffalo wins their first playoff game. And uh, wins their first playoff game, you know, since uh, I believe since 1995, if I got that right, wins their first play, wins their first playoff game in in what 25 years or so. So congratulations to Bills Mafia, their first home game also in a long time too. Uh, so shout out to the Bills as they take care of business against the Colts 27-24. Game number two of Wild Card Weekend, and I'll. And I will get my brother's thoughts on it because he's been nothing but in a bad mood and and damper and bitter as all can be. I mean he I mean you should have seen him when the when Marcus Peters got the interception to seal the deal again when the Ravens beat Tennessee on Sunday. But he was in a sour mood for for a good half hour after the game because he's like because he was so distraught about the fact that the Ravens could win a playoff game against their rival Tennessee and his team didn't even show up against uh against the LA Rams. But I got plenty of things to say as far as Seattle is concerned. First off, as far as the Seattle offense, and I know they fired Brian Schottenheimer last night, but I got plenty of things to say about about Seattle. Okay. So Russell Wilson, I'll start with him first. Russell Wilson needs to cut 
and get rid of all the unnecessary distractions, I'll call it, that he that he essentially that he does during the course of a of a season. Okay. Too many times when I'm scrolling across the good old interwebs, I see Russell Wilson with his Danger Talk podcast, Matthew McConaughey, Sue Bird, he's doing these stupid music video parodies with Sierra. He's doing these TikTok videos, him and Sierra bobbing ahead to I don't know what, whatever stupid song they were listening to, bobbing ahead with Sierra, both of the both of them butt naked under under the covers and feel need. Hey, after we got finished doing who knows what, let's bust out, pull a Juju Smith Schuster and bust out a TikTok video real quick for the for the you know for the 10, uh, 13 year olds on on that platform who care. He needs to cut the TikTok. Okay, another. Cut the TikTok, cut the goofy, stupid crap with Sierra, with straightening your hair, walking down a runway, and and parroting with her like you're in Janet Jackson music videos, and and these in da- these Danger Talk podcasts that no one in America gives a crap about. Recording with Matthew McConaughey talking about his new book Green Lights and Sue Bird, and what are you going to get an NBA team in Seattle? Uh, Russell, no one in America cares, and no one in these soccer and noting the MLS Seattle. Sounders and are we going to and working on getting a a, a basketball team in Seattle again? Oh my goodness gracious, Russell! Nobody in America gives a crap, man. Work on your craft, master your craft. You are a Super Bowl winning quarterback of the Seattle Seahawks and a pretty good quarterback too. That that is bound for Canton one day. Okay, you've won three playoff games since you threw the ball at the one yard line against the. to Malcolm Butler against the Patriots in two th- in the Super Bowl forty nine. Okay, you've won three playoff games. You got if Blair Walsh knew how to kick a football, uh, twenty yards, twenty yards, you would have lost that game to snake bitten Minnesota when it was negative five degrees outside at at the uh, University of Minnesota Stadium playing outdoors because U.S. Bank Stadium was under construction at that time. Okay, you beat the Lions who haven't won a playoff game who haven't won a playoff game in eons and the famous. First that's been echoed many a time in 2020, you know, uh, been rebuilding since 1957. So uh, beating the Detroit Lions isn't exactly, uh, isn't exactly a, 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 a mind blowing accomplishment. And then game number three, you won your defense knocked out, uh, Carson Wentz within the first five minutes of the first quarter. And, and you and you, and your offense and your offense was inept in that game when the final score was what? 12, six, whatever it was. I mean, yeah, DK Metcalf had a historic uh, day that day, but you beat, you beat Philadelphia without their starting franchise quarterback. You beat the, you beat the lions who haven't won a playoff game since, uh, since, uh, George H. W. Bush was president, and then and then and then you took and then you beat uh, and then you beat the Vikings, who are all who historically have always been a snake bitten franchise in postseason play. Whether it's the Hail Mary in the seventies, uh, uh, the Roger Staubach, the Drew uh, Pearson choking the lead to uh, to the Falcons in a ninety eight NFC Championship game, Brett Favre throwing interceptions left and right. Against uh, against the Saints in the two thousand nine NFC Championship game, 
I mean, this is this is this is a snake bitten franchise when it comes to playoff football. And again, if Blair Walsh knew how to kick a football, they would have they would have lost that game eleven. They would have lost that game eleven to ten. Blair Walsh, of course, missed it, and they won the game ten. And they won the game ten nine. That's not that's not exactly a, uh, a a fantastic resume. You know, three playoff games against three Meyer inferior opponents since your Super Bowl forty nine defeat. I understand that injuries, ha- I understand injuries, and I understand this isn't the same team that they had circa, you know, five, six years ago. I understand all that. But, Russell, can can we, can our offense show up against the Rams, please? I understand the Rams' defense is the best in all of football with Aaron Donald and a great pass rush and Jalen Ramsey and everything else. But, my goodness gracious, putting up 20 points against these suckers, really? The 11 for, 11, you couldn't even complete half of your passes, 50% of your passes, 11 11 for 27, 174 yards passing through two touchdowns and a bonehead asinine interception that went the other way for six. Russell, this is what we're going to do now, really? When we're doing Danger Talk podcasts, doing all these little extra stuff that, that no one in America cares about necessarily, and you're supposed to be a franchise quarterback, supposed to take your team to the Super Bowl in a year where it was wide open for the NFC, and this is what you do with it? You flush it down the toilet? This is what we're going to do now? I mean, it's in the in the first time y'all have won your division. I think since when two thousand and sixteen. This is what we're gonna do. This is what we're gonna do now, Russell. Really, against the going up against the quarterback who isn't exactly Kurt Warner and Jared Goff, who's coming off of thumb surgery, and then John Wolford playing his second ever NFL game, formerly of the AAF, coming off the streets, and you and you and you spit the bit like that. I understand his offensive line was pathetic, and and they and Russell Wilson got sacked five times. But Russell, he he Russell's I could name you many a time during the course of that football game where Russell Wilson hold on held on to the football way 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 too long, way too long. If the play if the play is not there, Russell, throw the ball away or tuck it and run, please. You don't need you. You don't need to sit here and stand in the pocket for five years waiting for DK Metcalf to get open. If the play is not there, throw it away or tuck it and run. Okay, you don't have to stand in your pocket and basically uh, concede yourself to a sack because 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 the wide receiver isn't open downfield. If the if the if it isn't open downfield, tuck it and run or throw it away. He took way too many sacks than he needed to on on Saturday afternoon. Way too many. Way too many. And again, cut all the unnecessary garbage and f- and master your craft. Master your craft. You are a football player first, then an influencer and a celebrity second. Don't get twisted. You are a football player first. And it's bad enough that you gotta, that you, you know, you have to, you have to, t- you know, you have to yield to the duties of being a husband and, and a father and raising futures kid. And I understand all that. That, that I don't have an issue with. But geez, if you're not, if you're not studying game film, if you're not practicing, if you're not working individually or with your team to make yourself a better player, you need to be being Mr. Family Man. Because if you're not being Mr. Family Man, Mr. Rogers with your kids, and uh, being you know and 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 you know 
and being Sierra's uh, husband, you, you need to have your mind set on the football field. No one in America gives a crap about you owning the Seattle Sounders. No one in America cares about your stupid little podcast, which I said weeks ago on record. Weeks ago, he should have hung that up after the uh, disgraceful performances he had against the Rams the first time back in November and uh, and his offense uh, and his offense wet the bed cut cut all that Russell and you making these goofy cringeworthy uh, music video parodies oh my goodness gracious it's enough enough focus on your craft master your craft first that comes first all that ex- extra stuff comes second Focus on your craft, on your job first. I mean, your office was absolutely pathetic on Saturday afternoon. Pathetic. Now, I understand they fired Brian Schottenheimer, but I got a bone to pick with Pete Carroll. You know, Pete, how about on fourth and one, you know, you got the ball around, uh, you're still on your side of the 50-yard line, but a couple yards away from midfield, and you're getting down there towards the half. You know, Pete, how about you show some guts and go for it on fourth and short in that situation instead of trying to punt? Show a little bit more, be a little bit more aggressive there, Pete, will you please? I understand the Rams defense is great, but my goodness gracious, what happened? What you we went from we went from Russell Wilson is underappreciated and disrespected. Me personally, shouting and screaming on Russell Wilson's behalf, how he how Rodney Dangerfield he gets no respect, no MVP votes back in September and October, where the media was going gaga and bowing at at uh, Patrick Mahomes is uh, bowing at Patrick Mahomes is. Uh, at his uh, at his waist, bowing bowing down to Patrick Mahomes like he's a sec- like he's a second coming, sitting up here screaming and yelling about how Russell Wilson and Ronnie Dangerfield gets no respect, and this is how he repays me and come playoff time. Really, he went from he gets no respect, no MVP votes, this that and the other. Let Russ cook, and then he turns into a pumpkin in the biggest game of the season. I mean, I mean seriously. Now did a no that now did not having a crowd at uh at uh CenturyLink uh hurt Seattle I would imagine so, but boy oh boy it was their offense pathetic, and and again, and I told you guys and I told you guys this uh, I told you all that last week and I say it again, Seattle need to go into the half with minimum two touchdowns if they wanted to win if they if they wanted to win that football game they needed to have at least two touchdowns two two touchdowns to convince me that they had a chance to win that football game you know how many touchdowns they scored in the first half one you know what the halftime score was 20 to 10 you know what the final score was? 30 to 20. A disgraceful performance from the Seattle Seahawks. Disgraceful. Russell Wilson, Schottenheimer, Carroll. DK Metcalf throwing a fit on the sidelines. Pathetic. Pathetic. Again, Russell. No one cares. You can't. You can't be. A, you you can't be. And this is what a lot of the juju included. And I'll get to this Pittsburgh at the end. These athletes got to realize: Do you want to be a football player? You want to be a professional athlete? You want to be the best in your field? Do you want to be a internet celebrity and an influencer? Because you can't be both. You got to be one or the other. One or the other. Because you can't be both. 
One or the other. Simple, bottom line. And, and, and again, get in there and do your job and, and perfect your craft. Because once again, because once again, one division title since that Super Bowl 49 loss, or excuse me, two division titles since the Super Bowl uh, 49 loss, and you've beaten three mere Meyer inferior teams in that time. The Eagles, without their stunning quarterback, Lions, who stink historically, and the Vikings, who are always snake bit in playoff football in January. Always. Pathetic performance from Seattle. Pathetic. Game number three from Saturday. Tampa Bay took care of business against Washington 31-23. Tom Brady, you know, did what he does. Tom Brady and play, playing playoff football is, again, it's the reason why he's in the Hall of Fame to begin. There's a reason why he's in the Hall of Fame to begin with. Uh, Tom Brady, 22 for, at 22 out of 40, 381 yards passing, two touchdown catches. Uh, and Leonard Fournette, 19 carries, 93 yards rushing, and a touchdown catch. Uh, their defense, their defense is overrated. Uh, Washington had a chance to uh, to tie that game up uh, in the fourth quarter, and because it's Washington and their defense is uh, is not the greatest in the world, uh, they, they you know of course they couldn't tie up the game. But the fact that they allowed Washington in the fourth quarter to tie that game up is not a good sign. What when uh, Tampa's heading into play uh, play the Saints for the third time this season on uh, on Sunday. Meanwhile, Washington. Meanwhile, on the Washington side, look. Taylor Heineke, you want to talk about a uh, a heroic, impressive performance on on uh, on Saturday night? Twenty six for forty four, three hundred and six yards uh, passing through a touchdown pass, through an interception. Uh, but you want to talk about and ran ball six carries, forty six yards on the ground, and a, and a touchdown run, which made the game interesting there in the fourth quarter. But you want to talk about a uh, a phenomenal game by him. You know, taking he's taking math classes, you know, via Zoom calls like the rest of us college kids are, and he's got to answer the bell because uh, because Andrew Andrew Smith, Alex Smith's, uh, you know, Alex Smith's uh, calf muscle is uh, is tight, and uh, and uh, Dwayne Haskins would rather. Uh, would uh, would rather uh, drop it like it's hot in the club rather than being a franchise NFL quarterback, and he and he makes uh, Tom Brady and the Bucks sweat in a playoff game. I mean that's that's pretty impressive. I'll break down. I'll go deep in depth of that game with Brendan on Friday, but um, but that's where you stand as far as Tampa Bay and Washington is concerned. Tampa Bay moves on to play division rivals the Saints for the third time. This NFL season game number one on Sunday was the game of the uh, which not the game of the weekend because the best game of the weekend was uh, was the Colts and the Bills. But the most anticipated game heading into last weekend was the Ravens getting their revenge against the Titans. Uh, I don't understand Vrabel punting, Vrabel punting on fourth and one. And I'll give you the scenario here in a minute. I wrote it down. 
you know, and Vra- or excuse me, that was uh, that's my Tomlin notes. But as far as Vrabel is concerned, you know, punting on that fourth and one, I don't understand playing the field position scenario. You got to be you got to be a little bit more aggressive in this situation, there, Mike. I mean, I don't understand it. Lamar Jackson again wasn't pretty. He isn't. Uh, he wasn't Johnny Unitas in the nineteen fifty eight NFL championship game. But he did enough to get the job done, get the monkey off his back, get his revenge against Tennessee, who had beaten them in the playoffs uh, around this time last year. And then, of course, the overtime game they lost at home, courtesy of the 30-yard run in overtime. Derrick Henry to seal the deal. And then, of course, you had the Vikings. You had the Vikings. The Titans players come out to the midfield Ravens shield logo, led by Malcolm Butler, and jump up and down and, 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 and taunt on that logo. Harbaugh took exception to it. He and Vrabel don't like each other. Ravens got uh, got their revenge. Marcus Peters got the interception to seal the deal. I have no issue, none whatsoever. The old forts, the old fogies, like my man Matt Dalton screaming, y'all win with class. All oh, that's a bunch of hogwash nonsense. And the Titans did it to them. Fir- Titans did it to them first. They they have the right to go ahead and and, and get them back. They got their revenge. The Titans won. You know, big and bad Tennessee. The Ravens won the game. Won the game. They played that game with class. They weren't. They didn't. Any, you didn't see any cheap shots. Didn't try to get Derrick Henry injured. No, you know, no fisticuffs. None of that. They kept it clean, and they kept it clean within the white lines on the field. But as soon as the game was already decided, they want to go ahead and dance and stomp on and and uh, and act and shack a fool on the uh, on the Titans logo. They got every right to do that. Every single right to do that, and I had no issues with it whatsoever. Titans did it first. They uh, they they poked they poked the beast, and the beast and the beast uh, took exception to that and roared and roared loudly. Got no issues with that whatsoever. None. Titans did it to them first. When the Ravens didn't provoke them to do it, they did it first in their house back in week eleven. They wanted to do it back in a playoff game in front of fans, national television. Every right to do it. Every single. Right, had no issues with it whatsoever. None, none, none. And keep on. And for all you people out there that don't live in Tennessee or don't live in Baltimore, that's gonna say, "Well, I don't like the pettiness. I, I don't like the pettiness. I don't like the you know, you know, one with class. This bogus, this bush league, yada yada yada." Guys, guys, take it from me, who's been, who's been a, who's Baltimorean, born and raised who, you know, lives with Ravens fans, who's had many of friends that are Ravens fans, got family members that are Ravens fans, listen to Sports Talk Radio in Baltimore, been to a couple of Ravens games, not many, but a few Ravens games in my lifetime. Take it from me, okay? If there is if there is an opponent that Ravens fans despise outside of I'll say outside of uh Pittsburgh, Cleveland, and the Patriots, it's the Tennessee Titans. And this isn't new, okay? Do your football history, do yourself your football homework. Do do your homework. These two teams used to be division rivals when there was such thing as the AFC Central prior to 2002 when the Seahawks left the AFC to go to the NFC, when the Seahawks were in the AFC back 18, 20-something years ago, these two teams were division rivals in the AFC Central. So you had the four teams that are in the AFC North now, plus the Titans, which is five. These two teams played each other twice a year. Division, I think they might have played them twice a year. I'm not positive. But were division rivals played each other every year and hated each other. Hated each other. 
okay? Whether you want to go back to 2000 where, where you know, Trent Dilfer went down there to Tennessee and his playbook mysteriously disappeared and... Or you want to go to the, or you want to go to the playoff game where the Titans, you know, showed video of uh, of Brian Billick essentially talking crap about Tennessee, you know, in the locker room with his players and everything else, and the crowd was was uh, was hooping it up, and Brian Billick didn't appreciate that. Go back; these two teams have hated each other for years. Years have hated each other. You want to go back to the days of Brian Billick and Jeff Fisher and Steve Steve McNair, Eddie George, and and, uh, and 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 Kevin Dyson and Ray Lewis and Shannon Sharp and Tony Saragusa and Trent Dilfer, Jamal Lewis. Go back at the history. These two teams historically can't stand each other. They don't. They couldn't stand each other in two thousand, two thousand three. To, you know, 2008, and they don't, and they don't like each other in 2019, 2020, 2021. They hate each other, hate each other. From the coaches, the players can't stand each other. There's a team outside of again, Pittsburgh, Cleveland. The Ravens fans really don't, you know, they want to beat the Bengals against the division rival. They don't. I don't. I don't get the feeling that that the Raven fan hates the Cincinnati Bengals. Cleveland, Cleveland, Pittsburgh. Patriots when Brady was there at least and Tennessee big time big time rivals so for all you all out there that are making such a big stink about it do a little homework these two teams go back 20 years hating each other and being used to be division rivals and have played each other in the playoffs many a time and I and these were fierce intense physical playoff games Look at it. Eddie George, Ray Lewis. Look it up. Look it up. Ray Lewis pick six, sealed the deal. 2000 AFC Divisional game, sealed the deal with a pick six, won the game. Look it up. Eddie George, 2003. Ray Lewis lays the wood. Eddie George gets up and they start jawing each other's faces. 2003 AFC wild card. 2003 in Baltimore. Look it up. Look it up. Saints took care of business against the Bears, twenty-one to nine. This, this, uh, this right here was uh, one of the worst games of Wild Card Weekend. Uh, it just, you know, watching the Bears play is a complete eyesore. Uh, it's offensive to the senses. Mitch Trubisky, I'm not even going to read you the Bears. St- the Bears are so undisciplined, committing penalties, getting ejected, taking the bait from Saints guys, you know, throwing punches, getting into the little fisticuffs and fist fights. I mean, it, the, the Bears, there are so many issues with the Chicago Bears. It's, it's mind-boggling that they got even into the playoffs, but the reason why they got into the playoffs is because of, uh, Cliff Kingsbury's uh, ineptitude is why uh, Chicago got into the playoffs instead of uh, watching that Saints game at home on the couch. And this is also the fault of the NFL, and I'll get on them too. This is also the fault of the NFL. This is the this is the chance you take. You get these uh, you get these stagnant, eyesore, boring, boring and dull as hell to watch football teams that go eight and eight, nine and seven, a la like these Chicago Bears that make the playoffs as the seventh seed by default and you gotta sit and you gotta sit through a, and you gotta sit through a uh, a boring 
Muck and Meyer, uh, Muck and Meyer playoff game with uh, with the seventh seed going up against the, against a much superior number two seed. So this is the NFL's fault for this because if it was twenty twenty, if the you know you play you bring you know if they're playing this if they, if uh, you put these playoffs back uh, last year the bear the Bears are sitting at home and the Saints have to buy this game isn't even this game isn't even played. Saints who sit, Saints have the Saints have the uh, buys the two seed and the bear and the Bears are home. They're not playing this game, but the Saints got off to a slow got off to a slow start. The halftime score was seven to three. Uh, Drew Brees twenty eight for thirty nine again wasn't perfect, but didn't but was decent enough to win the football game. Threw for two hundred sixty five yards passing, two under two touchdowns, no interceptions. Alvin Kamara had a nice day coming off of the COVID list, twenty three carries, ninety nine yards rushing and a touchdown run. Deontay Harris, believe it or not, was the Saints leading uh, receiver. He coming off of the uh, he coming off of injury as well. Seven receptions, eighty three yards receiving in the game. Michael Thomas and Latavius Murray caught your touchdown passes as the Saints move on to uh, play their division rival Buccaneers for the third time. I'll get to that game and preview that game later in the week. The final game of Wild Card Weekend. Uh, and then I'll get to a break and get my brother's thoughts on the Seahawks and then get on to some other things. Cleveland and the Pittsburgh Steelers. <sighs> boy, oh boy, oh boy. I mean, where where do I even begin? Okay, first off, this 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 right here is for former Orioles center fielder Adam Jones and former Ravens and Eagles wide receiver Torrey Smith, who think I'm nuts when I said on Sunday night and said last year that Mike Tomlin is not a Hall of Fame coach. Okay, before I even get to the game, Mike Tomlin has been to two Super Bowls, okay? Been to two Super Bowls within his first five years of being a head coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Second one, the, the the most recent one he's been to, Super Bowl 45, was 10 years ago. He hasn't been back since. He got beat by Tim Tebow on the road in 2011. An 8-8 eight eight Denver Broncos team in Tim Tebow, 2011. They missed the playoffs in 2012-2013. They got beat by the Ravens by 13 points in the playoffs at home in 2014. They got bailed out by ref ball Jeremy Hill and Vontez Perfect acting like a bunch of idiots only not to show up to when they played Denver in Denver, the eventual Super Bowl champions the next week in 2015. They almost lost to Kansas City in 2016 had it not for the left tackle Eric Fisher putting James Harrison in a chokehold which negated what would have been a two-point conversion penalty which would have tied the game up. To, uh, in, between uh, Kansas City and Pittsburgh in 2016. And then and then Antonio Brown is dumb enough to go on a Facebook Live while Mike Tomlin is in the middle of his post-game speech in a locker room. He uh, Antonio Brown gets away scot-free for going Facebook Living after the game during Tomlin's post-game speech and they get obliterated by the Patriots in the 2016 AFC Championship game and aren't even a factor. 
Tomlin allows us, he allowed his players to underestimate Jacksonville and basically tweeting everything and basically saying we're ready for round two Patriots. They were so worried and so focused on playing the Patriots round two, getting their revenge to the point where they overlooked Jacksonville three years ago. You remember that great Jacksonville team that had a phenomenal defense and, and, and strong rushing attack with Leonard Fournette. They were so they were so worried about getting their revenge against the Patriots that they overlooked Jacksonville, who beat the ever living crap out of them at Heinz Field in Week Five of that same season. Whether they do, they underestimate Jacksonville. They they are competitive in the game a little bit, but it was an absolute utter domination by Jacksonville in that playoff game in two thousand and uh, in uh, January two thousand eighteen in the twenty seventeen divisional. Uh, playoff game, and then in 2018 they started season seven two and one, okay, seven two and one with a 97 percent chance of making the playoffs, all to choke and collapse down the stretch with losses to the Broncos on the road, the Raiders on the road, and the Chargers at home blew a, blew a 13 whatever it was blew a double-digit lead to the uh, Chargers at home on Sunday Night Football. Not to mention the off-the-field drama that, that occurred during that season that would, give, that would give every season of Keeping Up with the Kardashians and all of the Real Housewives shows a run for the money for the drama that was involved. And then in tw- we'll give them a break 2019. They were injured to Allen back. But in 2020, okay, this season, 2020, they start the season 11-0, lose to a sub-500 team. Granted, Washington defense top five in all of football, and it's a great story with Alex Smith and everything else. They lose to a sub-500 team with no name in tank division, and that is the NFC least at home. and start 11-0, lose to Washington, get dominated by Buffalo on the road, after Josh Allen and the rest of the Bills will were all annoyed and all ticked off because Juju Smith-Schuster was more interested in making TikTok videos and being a social media influencer than he is being an NFL wide receiver making TikToks on the middle of the team logo got Buffalo all annoyed. So once so that news leaks out, the bank the Steelers end up playing the Bengals next week. Bengals safety Von Bell, formerly of the New Orleans Saints, gets old of it. Gets asked during his Friday press conference before that game about about Juju's TikTok dancing. He comes out and says it's disrespectful. It's this, that, and the other. Juju does it. We're, we're going to lay down the wall between the white lines and make him pay for it. Juju, because he obviously he's either stupid, clueless, or both, and has never heard of the definition of insanity doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. He dances again, again. On the opposing team's midfield logo before the game, and what it, and what happens? Not even before the first quarter is over with, Von Bell delivers the shot and hit heard round the world and fumbles the football. Cincinnati gets possession. A Cincinnati Bengals team with two wins, starting their third string quarterback in Ryan Finley, absolutely obliterate. Now the game was decently close, but in all circumstances, dominated Pittsburgh for the entire sixty minutes during that game on Monday Night Football with a third-string starting quarterback, no Joe Burrow, and T. Higgins was out the rest of the game with a concussion, and no Joe Mixon with a bad foot injury, with a horrendous defense and a coach which, in my opinion, prior to that game, I'm convinced he was on his way out the door in Zach Taylor. 
They played one good football when they one good quarter of football when they escaped the Colts. And then on Sunday night, they absolutely embarrassed themselves in front of America. Marquise Pouncey miss snaps the football goes over Ben Roethlisberger's uh over Ben Roethlisberger's uh right shoulder and Ben Roethlisberger a la Cam Newton Super Bowl 50 when he does want to dive onto the pile and grab the football he he and James Conner essentially looks at it while the ball rolls an extra five yards into the end zone and and before you can blink an eye Cleveland is up on Pittsburgh seven to nothing the defense gets absolutely obliterated to smithereens and before you know it the the score by the end of the first quarter is 28-0 against a team who they had already played the Sunday prior, knew they were going to play him again that same day after that game, who had multiple players out, including their all-pro left guard, and their head coach was out of that game due to due to the fact that they were infected with Corona Chan, and they had and they had many injuries, including Odell Beckham Jr., who tore his ACL back in late October, early November, and they were without him. And the team division rival playing them a week after the the Sunday after they had lost to them 20, 24-22 on January third. They play them the next week. And Cleveland doesn't have the head coach, and they still get embarrassed in that game. What is my overall point? Mike Tomlin is nowhere and nowhere near a Hall of Fame coach. Not a chance. I don't care what Adam Jones says. I don't care what Torrey Smith says. I'm not interested. I will go to my grave, my grave, saying that Mike Tomlin is a Hall of Fame coach. He has to prove to me that he is worthy enough to get in Canton. Okay, you do not get a bust and you do not and you are not an immortal coach and get a gold jacket from the from the from the uh from the history that's that's occurred with Tomlin over the last ten plus years or so. I don't care about the fact that he's never had a losing season in Pittsburgh and not interested. With as many late season collapses this year, two thousand eighteen, losing playoff games in fear opponents 2011 against Denver, losing to Jacksonville in 2017, losing to Cleveland last Sunday, allowing his players to act like idiots, whether it's Antonio Brown Facebook living after the game against uh, Kansas City, allowing him to act like a complete diva, allowing Judy Smith Schuster to basically act like a child instead of uh, worrying about winning football games, whether it's Chase Claypool going on TikTok live talking about we're going to beat the crap out of Pittsburgh. Whether it's Juju Smith-Schuster saying same old gray face, boring Browns. I mean, do you idiots not get it? Do you not get it? And the fact that he hasn't, forget winning one, he hasn't been back to the Super Bowl in 10 years. And I got hit by Mike Tomlin being a Hall of Fame coach. Really? Really? This is the problem with Pittsburgh. Get rid of Tomlin. Get rid of your offenses. One dimensional. All they, all they do. All they do is throw the ball. Ben Roethlisberger nearly threw the football 70 times in that game on Sunday. 70 times. And I don't hear the fact he threw for four touchdown passes and threw for 500 yards. That's nonsense. That's garbage time numbers. Cleveland's secondary is injured to Helen back, and they were playing prevent defense for the majority of the football game. Ben, he's old. He's shot. Retire. 
And I don't give a crap about Juju had 13 receptions for 159 yards. Got a touchdown pass. Garbage time numbers. They can't run the football. Ben Roethlisberger turns over the ball left and right. And the defense picked literally the biggest game of the season, a playoff game on a Sunday night in front of everybody to have their worst performance of the season. Allowed Kareem Hunt to run for two touchdown passes and allowed Baker Mayfield, who's starting to grow on me a little bit, I got to be fair, but allowed Baker Mayfield, but allowed Baker Mayfield to essentially look like Otto Graham in the football game. And I got hit by my time being an all-fame coach. When you, when it's apparent that you've learned absolutely nothing from the days when you had Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown, you've learned nothing. You've learned nothing. Big Ben is just as egotistical as he was in 2017 and replaced Antonio Brown with uh, with uh, with Juju or replaced Le'Veon Bell with, with Chase Claypool. Oh, losing never heard of him. Well, how's that worked out for you? You started the season 11-0 and and lost four out of your last six. What? And you lost five out of your, No, wait. You've, including Sunday. You've lost five out of your last six games to close out the season. How's that worked out for you? Losing, never heard of her. How you nearly lost to a Ravens team starting Trace McSorley at quarterback. And I got hit by Mike Tom being the Hall of Fame coach. Nonsense. I mean, my goodness gracious. I mean, allowing Juju to, to to go crazy and TikTok. You can't be a you pick it, pick, pick. You want to be a football player or a social media influencer? Because you can't have it both ways and can't be both. One or the other. And for all you Steelers fans out there, hit me up and hit me up in the comments and and and, shoot, and hit me up on socials talking about well Juju's Juju's TikTok dancing and all you delusional Steelers fans out there, send me talking about well Juju's TikTok dancing and Juju's comments and Chase Pool's Chase Claypool's comments had nothing to do with uh, with the fact that we lost the game. Oh really? Because it looks like to me. If the Buffalo Bills, who's got Super Bowl on their mind, had took took offense to Drew doing doing the TikTok, if the Bengals, who were dead who were dead as a doornail, took offense to the TikTok dancing, I would imagine that Cleveland would take offense to it if if he was quoted and saying it's the same old Browns, same old Browns, a la 0-16, 2017 Cleveland Browns. I I I I might I might be pushing it a little bit, but I would go out on a limb and say and and take a shot in the dark here and say I don't know the Browns probably took a fest what Juju Smith Schuster had to say about him. Well, they didn't take a fest to it, really, because his comments sure didn't help him much. Sure didn't help him much. A team with no head coach. It's, their head coach was locked in the basement of his house watching the game. He wasn't on the sideline. He was locked in his basement. And you, every single last one of you has played like crap. Every last one of you. And I got hit by Mike Tomlin being a Hall of Fame coach. Really? Pay attention.
I mean, what what do you want to be? When 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 to the point do you do you have enough? When is it to the point where you have enough self awareness to sit back and say, you know what? I I should probably stop talking and probably stop giving opponents and probably stop dancing on these logos like a thirteen year old child because you know I might not think it's a big of a deal, but maybe my opponents, you know, may, maybe it's the, maybe after I don't know the Buffalo game, maybe it's like I don't know, maybe they start taking it. Maybe I'm just for the, for the betterment of us and for and so we can like stop giving our opponents bulletin board material because I may not be you know I may not be a uh, an all American athlete. But I'm pretty sure that you know one of the things that coaches in all sports preach against is their is their players giving their opponents bulletin board material to get them extra motivated when it comes time to play. I just just a thought. I mean, you would think a kid that's a grown man, graduated college, that's been in the National Football League for about, what, three, three, four years, whatever it is, you would think that he'd have enough self-awareness to say, maybe I keep my big fat mouth shut and get, get the hell off of TikTok and worry about being a professional football player and putting my team in the best position to win. You would think Juju Smith-Schuster Smith would have enough self-awareness to do that. You'd think that, right? And you'd also think as head coach to have enough self-awareness and have enough common sense to make him stop if he didn't have enough self-awareness to stop on his own. As far as Pittsburgh is concerned, Ben retire, fire Tomlin, get rid of your offensive coaching staff, blow everything up. Blow it up. You can't run the football. Ben is old and shot. I mean, you, I mean, you guys wondered why I picked this team to go six and nine. You wonder why they have nobody. Their receivers drop every every ball in sight. They can't run the football. Their quarterback is old, washed up, thirty eight years of age with a surgically repaired elbow. This is why I picked them to go six and ten. Look, 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 look. Does this look like a solid 12-4 and four football team to you that, that rightfully should have won the AFC North? Does it? Their quarterback is old and shot. They can't run the football, and they have no decent wide receivers. None. They drop every ball in sight on the man. None. They have no offense. None. Yet Tomlin, yet I want to hear Tomlin's a Hall of Fame coach. Okay, okay. Keep 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 telling yourselves that as as they lose lose yet another another playoff game. Enough of Pittsburgh. Enough of the Steelers. Enough of Roethlisberger. Enough of Juju. Enough of Mike Tomlin. I've had it. Take a break. Back after this. Welcome back to the I'm Telling the TIS podcast. Joining me now, a uh, brother of mine and uh, younger brother of mine, and the probably the only Seahawks fan uh, east of the Mississippi River, and that is my uh, younger brother Ian Shields joins me now to talk about his embarrassing and pathetic 30 to 20 
playoff loss to the Los Angeles Rams. Ian, how are you? Uh, I'm okay. A lot better than I was Saturday and Sunday, but I'm okay right now. Uh, don't like looking at the score, but hey. What 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 went wrong? What what went wrong? Why is your team? Why is your team playing? Why is your team playing the Saints? Or why isn't your? Why are the Bucks playing the Saints and your team isn't? Well, simply because when this play happened, I remember like it was yesterday, Super Bowl Forty Nine, we threw an interception. I was over at my friend's house and I saw it. I had to walk out the room because I couldn't believe it. And ever since two years ago, when we talked about it, it's something that when you hear it, you don't want to believe it. But until you until you face it and realize what it is, that's when you're going to get healing. And I feel like right now I'm understanding what the play did to our team. Because that's why I feel like Pete Carroll, um, like what you talked about earlier, the reason why Pete Carroll doesn't go for him on fourth downs is that he he is afraid that he's going to make the same mistake again. So when you coach scared, you're going to lose the football game. And that is why we lost. Um, Schottenheimer doesn't help either, especially 2018 game against the Cowboys. Uh, when, he, when we ran the same plays over and over again, that didn't help us. That's the run of the reasons why we lost. And that's the reason why... Uh, we just didn't get better because we keep because when because when we're calling the same plays like that we're one dimensional and that's the problem with Shadi. When before that Arizona game, oh my gosh, we were hot. Defense was horrible, but until it was after that Arizona game where Ross got picked off what two or three times, is when Shadi should have been like, okay, uh, we need to start making some changes because everybody's picking up on it. After that second game. It should have been changes. He didn't change anything. If anything, he went more... Everybody was going to know what he was going to run. Because let Russ cook. I loved it, but I'm hating it now. It has really came to bite us as the Seahawks in the butt. Um, Russ was cooking... And then he burned all the food. He just, everything was raw. It was everything was horrible. And you can blame Russ, but you gotta, you gotta. It, the it falls on Pete Carroll and Schottenheimer because those are the ones who are calling the plays. That's the one who's drawing up the schemes. Russell wasn't not doing any of that. He just throwing the play. He just throwing the ball. Now the point uh, last Saturday where it was his fault was that screen pass. He, Russell, has been in the league for, what, nine years upcoming. This is going to be his 10th year in September. He should know that if he's, if the cornerback's trying to jump on the ball. Granted, the cornerback for L.A., that was, that was an amazing play. When I first saw it, I was, dang, I, I had to laugh because it was, it was just a good play. But as Russ being a quarterback, you got to know. You, you at least got to pump fake it. And no, hey, it's not there. Just throw the ball away. And that's what I think Russ needs to start doing that. Because his O-line is not there like it was from 2012 to 2015. His O-line is better than it was last year. But it's not, no, um, 
Saints online or anything. Uh, it's it's simple things that Russ has to do, and I, Russ is good breaking out the pocket and running, but he needs to start doing that more more often. He's he instead of always trying to force something, he needs to just run run the football. And sometimes Russ has to take the initiative and kind of be like Aaron Rodgers and say. I'm looking at things that coaches aren't. I'm on the field. I'm calling the plays. I'm hype. I'm throwing the football. I need to audible this and say it's a run. And if you get in trouble, it doesn't matter. But as long as we have week by week W behind it, it's what you have to do. Because there's some things that the coach is not going to see in certain situations. You as a quarterback and how long you've been in the league, you have, you have to make those. You just have to. And the touchdowns, I say it again like I said Saturday. If we're down big in a playoff game, regular game, we start off super, super slow. Then what comes the late two minutes, that's when we start throwing touchdowns and we make it close. Same thing like in the Bills game. The Bills game is horrible. Shoddy should have did something with the offense in that game. And... I get Metcalf. I don't think Metcalf should do what he did on the sideline. But again, he's still he's still young. It's like what you expect from a child. He if he's still young, he's gonna act out and he needs to just be taught. And that's what he said in the game when um I think it was Aaron Andrews brought that up or something. Is that correct? It might have been, yeah. But um yeah, I mean if he actually saw that, if they obviously saw that and got to him, <clears throat> we need to be like. Don't force the ball up to Metcalf. Let him ease his way into in, in, into the uh, game. And I don't I don't know why Tyler Lockett didn't get more catches like he did in week, what, 16? And I think it was week 11 earlier. Uh, you, we were one-dimensional in that game. And the defense has got to get better. But from where we were early in the season to now, it was... It's a huge improvement, but the loss Saturday does not fall on the defense. It was it was no Legion of Boom LOB defense, but come on, you held the Rams what at least one to two quarters. A lot. I mean the half the halftime score was they had twenty points by halftime. I mean, for from a from a t- granted one, they had twenty. The fact they had twenty points by halftime is 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 a little alarming. You gotta. Be but fair. we couldn't do anything on offense, and the fact that two of LA's biggest players, Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald, and Aaron Donald comes out the game, and we work as much offense as he was in the game, it's pitiful. He's not there, and he's still an X factor. I mean. I think that we had too much confidence going in this game, and we just didn't play well. Cause there's no way that you can. It's, it's the same team as we were in week sixteen. There's no way that we beat them in week sixteen, twenty to nine. But then Saturday we lose thirty to twenty. Jerk plus Jerkoff has a broken thumb. You, you're gonna expect him to run most of the game, cause he cannot throw the football. You saw what? It was around the second quarterback. At, our own like five, he was the ball deep, no spiral. It just went up in the air and just 
fell down. He overthrew him. So we we had to know that their game plan was going to be a run most of the time. And John Wolford, hope he's okay. But we just, I don't think we, we were not prepared at all. And 2021 better be different. Um, I want to say we get more weapons for Russ, but I'm thinking about is Chris Carson really our running back? I I don't know. Does the defense need more work? Does the secondary need more help? Because I, I, I think that may be it. And I love Trey Flowers last year, but he's got to go. If you could swap Dunbar and Trey Flowers' contract, I'm letting Trey Flowers walk. Because he, he is not that good. He plays like Marcus Peters, but the difference between him and Marcus Peters is Marcus Peters, if they get the, if the Washington get the football, that ball is almost coming out. Plus, he can he has more experience and he can bait the wide receivers. Trey Flowers just gives the wide you see, you see the build highlights. Game twenty yards. Oh, so it was like first down, first down, first down. It was first down, push him out of bounds. First down, push him out of bounds. And Josh Allen didn't even have to lift a finger. By halftime, Allen probably had less than a hundred yards, but had three touchdowns. And you just Jamal Adams was good this year. Granted, he played with a couple broken fingers and uh, messed up shoulders, so my drop interceptions can't really fall on him because I can't imagine trying to catch with two splints on your fingers, your fingers taped together, and trying to catch the football. Um, he was he was a factor when we when he was somewhat healthy. Um, yeah, I mean, I think firing Shadi was the right thing to do. But Sunday, Sunday in the locker room, while everybody was cleaning out their locker and everything, y'all had to have a good long talk. And you gotta give Shaquille Griffin his money. You gotta give Bruce Irvin his money. Uh, I don't know if Dunlap's contract is up this year or not. It is. Year. It is. He's a free agent. Okay, so we we obviously gotta pay him because I'm not. Oh, let's talk about um, Clowny getting Clowny instead of um, Dunlap. I, no, I, I, Clowny. Dunlap had more pressures on the quarterback than Clowny did his whole entire time uh, playing for Seattle. Um, Saturday, I looked at uh, the live YouTube stuff that uh, you have when. Uh, Shoot. Uh, when you subscribe to Seahawks uh, channel, I uh, saw a lot of comments. They were like, trade Russ for Deshaun Watson. Uh, trade Carlos Dunlap. Dude, just a whole bunch of stupid stuff. And just served no purpose. Correction, think- correction. He's a free agent after the 2021 season. You okay. may continue. All right, good. So we, we have him. So... No point of uh, getting clowny. But anyway, um, I mean, first step was correct. Uh, getting rid of Schottenheimer. But I give Pete, I love Pete. I, I do Pete. brought us our first championship as a coach. But next one to two years, maybe even three, depends on what he do, does next season. He's got to get out of there because it's 
holding us back a little bit. We, we, we were the three seed, and there's no way LA comes at home and we lose to them. I was speechless. I there's no way Russell Wilson has a seventy two, a QBR rating. Uh, he got sacked five times. Um, I mean he threw two 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 touchdowns, which is great. But he only threw a hundred and seventy four passing yards. Did not completion percentage was not great. Um. Should have gave Carson the ball way more times. Carson had 16 carries for 77 yards. Just should have gave him the ball. And that's the thing. We should have ran the ball more this season. You're giving Russ too much responsibility. I'm sorry. But it's the same thing when you go to school. You cannot expect to play sports, do homework, get a shower, um... Eat some eat dinner, then study for tests, and then expect to wake up at five o'clock in the morning and do it all over again without you being tired or without you slacking. Cause it's gonna be at some point in time when you're gonna be like, I'm not doing it, or I'm not doing my homework, or just screw it, I'm not doing any of this. And you just need a day off. And Russell, he says he wants to play till he's forty two, but unless Seattle gives him. The best old uh, unless Seattle pulls a New England Patriots and uh, Russ takes a uh, pay cut just to build up the offensive line and offense and their defense. Then I don't see it. I want to see him, but I just don't see it. Bobby Wagner, um, amazing linebacker. Um, he came out of the game. I don't know if it was, but he came out of the game. He came right back in the game. Finished with sixteen total tackles. I mean, the defense was good. But offensively, if I'm Brian Schottheimer, I've got to be more prepared to do something um, uh, offensively. Because you've seen this defense twice already. And the third time, there's no reason why we still lost like that. I would have been okay if it would have came down to the last second and they would have kicked the game winner field goal. And it was 30-27. to 27. But the way we played, we played horrible. There's no way by halftime it, sh- it should have been that bad. And there's no way that we get the ball after half and we don't do anything. It's wasted opportunities. And the defense has got to get tired. The defense is getting tired. While the offense sits on the sideline, drinks some Kool-Aid, and has uh, Saturday night dinner with fried chicken and some uh, mashed potatoes. There's no way. There's no way that you expect the defense to be humping and the offense is just, eh, we don't get it. Oh, well. And there's, Pete's got to go over somebody, not just Russell. Somebody, even somebody from the defense has to be like, hey, offense, we're doing our job. Y'all better get together. Or do or y'all just do not want to win this football game. Since 2017, what are we? 1-3 in the playoffs? This has got to get better. There's no way... And I'm happy for these wins, but we beat the Lions and the Eagles. We missed the playoffs in, what, 2017. We played horrible. Uh, We lost this Saturday. We lost against Green Bay because everything fell on Russ and our running backs are banged up. So this year should have been the year that we should have went deep in the playoffs. We had 
everything. Our defense was, has gotten better. Had our running backs health. There's no reason to reach out to Marshawn again to get him to come back to the team. Defense has gotten better. Russell was playing good this year. We got DK Metcalf, who was a freaking stud. And you got Tyler Lockett backing up behind him. He's small but speedy and swift. And Mr. I call him little Tyler Toe Tap. Making those toe drags in the back of the end zone. There's no way that we shouldn't have won. That we shouldn't have even gone deep in the playoffs. I'm pretty sure almost everybody picked us to go deep in the playoffs. And the fact that we lose in the wild card round to the Los Angeles Rams, we we have to go be sitting on our couch and watch the Rams and the Packers play. It's disgraceful. You look at the teams that got knocked out. Washington football team who barely, barely, barely won the division came back came down to week sixteen, week seventeen. Who else lost? Pittsburgh Steelers, who offense is nowhere. It's like Casper jokes. You don't ghost. You don't even know where it is. Half the t- one one time is gone. One time is not. Um, we got knocked out. The Bears, who really wasn't supposed to get in. If Colin Murray and Cliff Klondike brought as you call them, <laughs> um, knew how to coach and play. Um, then you had Tennessee and the Colts. And you got Tennessee. But those teams, that's, uh, other than the Col- the Colts really shouldn't have been in it because they got knocked out week 16 and barely got in. And then Tennessee, they same thing with the Colts. So the teams that we lost, the teams that lost other than us, really shouldn't even have been in the playoffs. And the fact that we lose is unacceptable. Um, don't know what next year looks like. Hopefully we get everybody signed. But this is a totally different ball club. I'm not going to be surprised because this was our year to go deep in the playoffs. John may not like it. Anybody else may not like it. But I picked us to go to the Super Bowl like I do every year. But I was really strong this year. This, this is our year. And the fact that we lost lost to Jared Goff, who's overpaid, uh, the fact that we let Cam Akers get 28 carries and have over 131 yards on the ground, and then plus more on receiving, is we, we have to do better. Ken Norton, I don't know about him. It's a toss-up. Um, if you came to me back in October, I would have said fire him. Right now, it's 50-50. Do I fire him? Do I not? Um, I don't know. Um, we're really disappointed in this team. Uh, <sighs> I don't know what to do. Um, we should sign KJ Wright back, who's, who had an amazing year. Don't care about if we signed, if we drafted Jordan Brooks. Don't care. Give him his money. Um... Offensive line has to get better, and Dwayne Brown's getting old. Uh, can't keep him for forever since we got him from Houston. Uh, we just gotta get better, and the fact that we do not have a uh, first round pick really hurts us right now. I mean, granted, most of our stars weren't picked in the first round. Russell came in the third round. I think Earl and Richard came in the second round. Cam came in like the second round also. Camp Chancellor, by the way, if y'all didn't know. Um, Doug Paul went, went on drafted. Just a, just, um, just a lot of things. That, I mean, even though we haven't really been in the first round, we haven't really drafted like that, it's 
Um, I'm glad that uh, we uh, resigned uh, Snyder. Sorry, what's his, what's his first name? I forgot. Bro, I forget his first name, but Schneider, your GM. Yeah, yeah. he's an amazing GM. Profited him. Thank you for uh, coming back. Uh, he's done an amazing job coming with his ball club. If he would have left, I would have been some kind of upset. Well, that's all I gotta talk about. about uh, last thing before yeah. I let you go, do you think Russell Wilson? You know, and I mentioned this in the last segment. You know, can Russell Wilson take time and focus on his craft instead of doing these little stupid extra things that no one cares about with these podcasts and owning these MLS soccer teams and and farting around with Sierra doing these cringeworthy, stupid things, you know, should he focus more on football and save all that extra crap for, like, the offseason when he, I don't know, gets y'all at least back to another NFC championship game first before he starts, you know, wanting to be uh, Mr. Access Hollywood? Um, I'm not going to knock him for any of that stuff because I know if I had the money, I'd probably be doing the same thing. I mean, he loves family time, but I'm not, I'm not going to say that affects his uh, play, but I just think that it's just sometimes where he's got to have obsolete focus and... Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, um, I think that, like, takes away from his focus. Like, especially during playoff time. Playoff time, he shouldn't be doing anything. He should either be in that facility, working on his opponent, and being at home, being a father. He shouldn't be doing all that extra crap when you're in the middle of a playoff run. Regular season, I don't like it, but I can live with it. Come January, it's one to go home. You got to, you know, get your team to the promise and get yourself to win a Super Bowl. You got to cut all that extra stuff out, all the extra distractions. You got you got to do it. Cause, I, because I, you, I, cause I, it, I disagree. I disagree. Why? Last year, just doing similar stuff, but he didn't play this bad. I'm putting the blame on Pete. And Schneider, I'm put, not Schneider, Schottenheim, I'm putting the blame on him. Because even though Russell made some of those mistakes, it's the play calling that is affecting him. They're giving Russ, power is good, but they're giving him too much power. They need to be balanced. It was 80% pass, 20% run. We were a much better football team when we were 50 run, 50 pass. I mean, look at look at the game on Saturday. We ran the ball on the first drive. We ran the ball once, passed the ball rest of the time, and that's it. Another thing, you knew those drives were going downhill when it was either a false start, or a, a holding, when we were backed up in our own end zone. You knew, you knew the um, you knew the uh, drive wasn't going anywhere. You 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 just knew it. Um. Just we were not balanced at all, not at all. I don't blame that on Russ. I um, I blame it on Shoddy and Carol. I'm not blaming anything with Russ. Um, he can enjoy his family time all he wants. The only thing is he can do that, but he always doesn't want to post about it. That's that's when all the memes and everything that happened on Saturday. That's when that really caught up to him. He doesn't have to post about everything. I'm not telling him not to enjoy his family and family time because I love family. I love family time. I enjoy. I know he probably enjoys being with his wife, doing doing whatever he wants to do. He can do. He's a grown man. He can do what he wants to. Does he have to post it though and make it public? 
not all the time, but he he can do it because he was playing phenomenal when he he was doing that before. He's doing danger talking and all that. Right when that when we were on that uh, what five game win streak, that didn't bother him. You only had a problem with it because you started losing, and that's when I think it's not on Russell. It's on Shadi and Carroll. They are the ones who are calling the plays. They're the ones who draws up the game plan. Russell, he's just following everything. He's vocal, but he's not the Aaron Rodgers. I'm gonna brush you off. I'm doing what I want to do. I'm the captain of the football team. That's not how Russ is. I don't expect him to be like that. I don't want him to be like that. But I'm blaming that on Shadi and Carol. That they are the ones who are calling all the plays and just drawing up everything. It's not Russ's fault at all. Not do, one bit. Do you think? Do you think that? I disagree. I think that all that extra stuff, like, I know there's, like, a lot going through his head already. You know, the fact that he also has to stay careful because we're in the middle of a pandemic. uh, Because we're in the middle of a pandemic, he's trying not to get sick. Like, he already has enough on his plate. Why bother going through, why bother adding extra stuff that's going to distract you and take your attention away I understand that Schottenheimer, but he isn't. My point is that he isn't doing himself any favors when he goes ahead and he, and he just like, ugh, like focus on only focus on your thing. I I don't you know you know as much as I rib as much as I rib and give Tom Brady a hard time. I don't I don't see Brady doing this. He's not posting about it. He's probably doing all this stuff. But the thing is, you got to remember all the stuff that Russ is doing. What, what is it doing? What's it? What's it doing? It's making him money. So after football, he's set for life. So you may not like it, but he's like win or lose, he's still do, making money. Do, do you do you care if Russell Wilson's making money, or do you care that whether or not he delivers a championship? I care Cause about you, both. Because you well, you shouldn't because you're not because that money does not affect you one way or another. You're not going to touch. You're never going to see that. Money. I love Russell Wilson. He's my probably one of the people. Who I enjoy listening, watching right now. Outside of football and football in general. He's the one who made me fall in love with the Seahawks. Just who he is and what he's done for Seattle and for everybody else. It's just, it's just, it's like a magnet. They just come together, you know? All right, well, well Russell Wilson is being uh, Oprah Winfrey. I hope you enjoy uh, your play, your uh, one and done playoff losses. Yeah, so. uh, you enjoying your playoff win? When's the last time? No, no, you want to talk about playoff wins and losses. How many How many playoff wins do you guys have? Cincinnati Bengals have nothing to do with this conversation, and thank you for what joining us. What is Joe us. Burrow doing lately, huh? Joe Burrow is ready to win comeback player of the year and get the Bengals uh, back to the, into the playoffs. That's, he's going to have to do, he's going to have to lead y'all to the playoffs the Super Bowl to get that comeback play of the year. Because you got to think about Odell, Saquon. Uh, yeah, that is sure. You got to think about Nick, a lot. Nick Bosa, Nick Bosa, you yeah. got to think about a lot of other people who want it. Everybody's probably going to vote either OBJ or Saquon. Um, last thing I just want to touch on, not Seahawks related. Uh, if I'm the Browns GM, I love Odell, but I got to get rid of him. Because it's just the difference on how you... There's no reason why week one... The way y'all played against Baltimore is a turnaround from last time. Y'all got blown out week one. But then you come back, what, 10 plus weeks later, and then 
you, it's it's a, it's a great game. It's probably the one game of the year. This is Odell Baker's trying to get the ball to Odell more when he's when Odell's on the field. Then Baker just like let me be just be me and spread the football around. That's all I gotta say. I I think you send Odell somewhere else. Get get him some picks. Uh, release him. Just do something. Well, that's good insight, and thank you. Brother joining us, talking about the Seattle Seahawks. Take a break, touch on the national championship game coming up right after this. the I'm is podcast. Switching gears now onto the college football national championship game that was played at uh, Hard Rock Stadium down in Miami on um, on Monday night. Um, this was a game I thought I knew it was going to be a many, I knew it was going to be a high scoring football game, uh, seventy six points combined, but. I would have at least thought that you know that Ohio State coming off of that big, uh, coming off of that big time emotional win against uh, Clemson at the Sugar Bowl on a New Year's Day, I'd think that they'd be you know competitive in the game. But I mean, they were for about for one quarter, and then it was all Alabama. I mean, what I mean, we're gonna say Najee Harris, twenty two carries, seventy nine yards, two touchdown rushes. He's gonna be a hell of a pro. Devonta Smith, Heisman Trophy winner, who is going to be who's going to be up there. He's uh, he's going to be the Justin Jefferson of the league in two thousand and twenty one. I mean, mark my words: twelve receptions, two hundred and twenty five yards receiving, and three touchdown catches in the game. I mean, an absolutely phenomenal, phenomenal, phenomenal record breaking historical performance from him. Mac Jones, uh, we got all that many weapons around him. You can do no wrong. He was 36 of 45 through for 464 yards passing and five touchdown passes. Uh, it's hard to see how to judge him as a pro because he's got all that weapons around him, not to mention the Alabama quarterback doesn't necessarily translate into the uh, into the all-time great uh, at the uh, NFL level, as far as the quarterbacks are concerned, AJ McCarron, you, know, you can uh, you, you go down the list. But what an absolute dominant performance from Alabama and Nick Saban. He's a Hall of he's he's the great he's the greatest uh, he's the greatest college football coach of all time. You know, man, he, when you pass Bear Bryant, which is which is hard to believe, when you pass Bear Bryant with the championships there at Alabama, I mean it it is is remarkable. Remarkable the job that he's done collegiately as far as coaching championship football teams is concerned. He recruits well and he coaches well and he gets the absolute best out of his players and he finishes the season undefeated. He just a, a phenomenal performance, you know. And I like Saban. I like that he. 
I like that all he wants that persona about him. How all he just wants to do is just coach foot is just coach his football team, and that's it. He doesn't care for doing you know the media interviews and and all the and all the lecture stuff. I mean, he shows he shows personality when he does those interviews, and of course he's got those Aflac commercials. You know where he's sitting there in the uh, in the blue sports coat, you know, and, and, you know, then he's talking to a group of people, and that one guy in the Alabama sweatshirt says uh, says something like, oh, is that for me? Is, can I get first dibs? Whatever he says, and Nick Simmons goes, you know I can't play favorites. All right, come on, it's go time. You know, so I get a kick out of, I get, he, he's funny. I, I get a kick out of Saban. I like Saban. But congratulations to him. Congratulations to Alabama. They're going to have, uh, they're going to produce all pro football players that's on that football team. They're going to produce plenty of all pro football players that if they stay on the right path could end up being Hall of Famers when it's all, in, in Canton when it's all said and done. I mean, just a phenomenal performance, uh, top to bottom, by uh, Alabama. And uh, congratulations to coach Nick Saban. As far as Ohio State is concerned, listen, you could almost make the argument that them beating Clemson was their national championship game because the issues that they had had with Clemson in the past, remember they had the score of that Fiesta Bowl a couple years ago in their weight room on the monitors in their weight room. So you can make the argument that that game was sort of quote-unquote like their national championship game. Justin Fields played absolutely out of his mind. Uh, but you know, they didn't play well on uh, Monday night, but you're not going to, but you're not going to go crazy about that, you know, because he, he was dealing with, with, uh, with upper body injuries. His ribs was bothering him. Remember he had that, he took that hit from 47, the linebacker out of Clemson. So it's just, you know, it was just Alabama's night on Monday night and it's just the sheer dominance that uh that you see in college football on a year in year out basis and you know i mean the, i mean I, I honestly i don't know what to tell you i mean it was just the the football game was you know i turned it off you know midway through the fourth quarter cuz the game was 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 uh, alabama so i mean and you saw Saban showing motion after the game during the trophy presentation but i mean it's it's Alabama, their dominance and their reign on top of the national and uh, uh, college football world remains. You know they are they are the uh, they. You, you, I think it's fair to say they're like the blue. They're they are the uh, Duke Blue Devils of college football. So they're still they got the iconic coach and they're always competitive and always have championship expectations year after year after year and produce phenomenal pros. Duke, you know, back back in the day, they, you know, uh, they produced uh, Zion, of course, and then you had and then you had uh, Grant Hill among other guys in Alabama. You had Julio Jones and Derrick Henry and Mark Ingram and. You know, I, I could be here till next Tuesday and name you all the guys, all the phenomenal all pro football NFL players that Alabama has produced over the last couple of years. But congratulations to Alabama and congratulations uh, to Nick Saban for passing uh, Coach Bear Bryant for uh, national championship victories. Take a break. I got a couple, I got a thing to say or two about James Harden and Kyrie Irving. Stay tuned back after this.
Welcome back to the I'm Tell Like a T.I.S. podcast. Switching gears now to the National Basketball Association. And I got two people that are really uh, pissing me off that I need to, that I need to uh, get off my chest. Kyrie Irving and James Harden. I'll start off with James Harden first because his scenario is just so mind-bogglingly horrendous. It is an absolute joke. James Harden, who essentially looks like that he gained about 30 pounds in between the time he left the bubble in September to when they started the season back in back in the middle of uh, last month, and they getting you know looking like Fat Albert, hey hey hey, and the Cosby Kids, and he and he sits around and he he doesn't show up the pra- he doesn't show up the pra- he doesn't show up the practice. He disrespects he he essentially walks around not giving a crap whether or not he disrespects. Or urinates on, figuratively speaking, his coaches, his teammates, the fan base, and his bosses that he that he that he you know that he works for. And because James Harden now, James Harden, who essentially plays no de- plays no defense. Okay, if the ball is not in his hands and he's taking nine million threes a game, he stands there like a bump on a log. Plays absolutely zero defense, none whatsoever. James Harden, this James Harden now, James Harden, who's played in one NBA Finals in his life, and he stunk, has not played in a single NBA Finals since he's been a member of the Houston Rockets, who pissed all over himself against the Warriors a couple years ago, who who has been, who in the playoffs has been absolutely inept, inept. As a member of the Houston Rockets. And James Harden now. I've held my tongue for long enough. I'm taking off the gloves. I'm done. James Harden now wants to sit up here. He ha- You have a contract. You signed a contract. You live up to it. Just because you want to sit up here and play around and, and, and go ahead and leave town and bail on all the teammates, your coaches, and the fan base that stuck by and supported your pathetic behind just so you can go ahead and play with Kyrie Irving and, and, uh, and Kevin Durant in Brooklyn, that is an absolute joke and an utter disgrace. But what happens because it's the NBA, the, because the NBA and the owner and the commissioner, Adam Silver, is is spineless and has and has no kahunas to put the hammer down and say you are not gonna run roughshod all over this league and cry and scream and bitch like a child just because you want to get out and go play with your buddies out in New York but because the NBA is so soft because they allow their players to walk all over and what happens James Harden gets what he wants and James Harden is now a member of the Brooklyn Nets about a couple months or two three months after he requested a trade that 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 is so mind-bogglingly terrible that that's a joke how about you how about you and your little business you know you have a contract you you're contracted excuse me to work for the company that you work for and you see that your buddies is uh is you know just got your two buddies just uh joined the company that's across town and you say because but you're contractually obligated obligated to finish out your term with your current employer so you know what you do so if if it's a job that you have to essentially stay physically in shape a la cop or anything else or 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 gym instructor i put it like that so what do you do you you essentially 
you blow off training, you blow you blow off your employers, you don't you don't contact them, you don't get tell them anything, you you eat yourself out of house and home, you spend more time at strip clubs instead of in instead of in a training room getting ready for an upcoming season and you and you and you and you're and you're could you imagine your employer saying, you know what? you've been a bad employee, your communication has been terrible, you've disrespected your bosses and and your fellow uh and your fellow co-workers not to mention you physically you are at it you are 30 pounds over overweight but you know what because of your bad behavior we will reward you by sending you off to the place that you want to work at can you could you imagine that happening in, in, in regular corporate america could you imagine that could you imagine that could you imagine that james harden Really? Could you imagine that? And what happens? They basically they cry, scream. And listen, I gotta be fair. I hated it when when Carlos Dunlap did this with the Bengals. I'm I got I'm killing James Harden for this too because you don't like where you're playing because and it's not like that the Rockets it's not like that it's the fault of the Houston Rockets is why James Harden hasn't conceded it hasn't succeeded the reason why James Harden hasn't hasn't succeeded with the Houston Rockets is because of James Harden they've given everything to him he wants. The roster he wanted, Chris Paul. Okay, you find get Chris Paul. They've given him control of the roster that he wants. They that small ball system th- that placates to him. They had Mike D'Antoni there all those years. They basically gave him the entire franchise and James Harden's payback. No championships, mind you, is to essentially. Figuratively speaking, like that movie Major League, where like where you see that scene in the movie Major League, where the coaches, where the coach has has where the uh, where one of his players or coaches whatever has a sheet of paper, and it's like, well, I want this, I want that, and points it to it, and the manager takes it out of the guy's hand, puts it, throws it on the ground. It doesn't show it, but he unzips his pants and and the scent and urinates over the sheet of paper that was shown to him. That's what James Harden did. He might he, he might he might as well he might as well just put unzip his pants and urinate all over the organization. Cause I don't see any difference to what he's doing right here right now to the Houston Rockets, a franchise that's given him everything and he's giving them nothing in but in in return but his disrespect. And 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 if Demarcus Cousins has to, if Demarcus Cousins, Demarcus Cousins now has to go out on the record and says, "Well, the disrespect with Harden towards us and this team has has been going way longer than what you think it has," and and he comes right out and says, "I got no interest in playing with James Harden. My responsibility is making sure me and John Wall are on the same page and is and successful." If Demarcus Cousins is the is the most re- reasonable voice in the room, you've got an issue. If Demarcus Cousins is calling is 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 calling a guy out for being a bad teammate, you know you've got problems. You know you got problems. And how about Kyrie Irving too? Kyrie Irving, you know, about a week a week ago, sits up here and randomly for whatever reason just said, "Hell oh, to hell with the hell with Nash, to hell with Durant, to hell to the Nets organization. I don't want to show up to work. I won't give any specific reason why. I'll just say it's personal reason. I won't show up to work." 
I, I, I won't call Steve Nash. I won't call the owner. I won't call the GM. I'll let one of my teammates know so the teammate, so my teammate can play tough. Dunny, the teammate doesn't even bother to tell us. Kevin Durant, he tells the random teammate of his and tells him, hey, yeah, go spread the word to Nash that I'm not playing tonight. I just don't feel like it. Really? Name a, again, name a job that you can go in, that you can have in corporate America and just randomly, you know, on a Tuesday or a Wednesday say, you know what, you know what, I don't feel like showing up to work today. And you tell, and you tell, you know, instead of telling like your best friend or your, instead of telling your boss or your, uh, instead of telling your boss or your uh or your supervisor or or even your best friend that you or even your coworker that you're closest friends with you decide to tell the you decide to tell the coworker who you who you speak you know three words with every day you you decide to, to call him up and say hey tell such and such i won't be showing up to work today because i just simply don't feel like it no one's hurt no one's dead no one's injured i'm not injured i'm i'm 100% fine health wise but i'm i'm not going to show up to work today and see if you and see if you get away with that that's the issue the fact you can get away with this crap in the nba and you couldn't get away with that in corporate America. It turns fans off, and 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 and, it, and it's infuriating watching watching that as a regular everyday human being and being a fan. The fact you get away with that in the NBA and you can't get away with that with any other job in America. They'd have you. They they send your ass to pink slip and get you fired so fast it'd make your head spin if you tried to pull that in corporate America. With your regular nine to five job. They they'd fi- they'd fire you so fast wouldn't know it hit you, but Kyrie Irving used to do it because he, because it's Kyrie Irving. Oh, okay, Kyrie, if you don't feel show up to work, here's what you do: you sit up here and you write a check to the Brooklyn Nets organization and and give them the money back that they that they were going to pay you if you don't feel like playing basketball. So nah, I don't really like that SpongeBob meme. Nah, I don't really feel like it. The whole, there's a whole lot of stuff in this life and in this world. Me and other people don't feel like doing, but you, but you gotta. But here's what you gotta do: you gotta be an adult, an A D U L T, an adult enough. And put your big boy pants on up and realize, I gotta do it anyway. I mean, I feel I don't feel like doing a whole lot of other things, but I still gotta do it. You think you think I felt like waking up at five in the morning every day, waking up at five in the morning every day to go to school? You think I really? You think I felt like doing that every single day? You think I felt taking? You think I felt taking tests? You think you, you think some days when I would work? You th- you think I felt like going to work every day? Waking up at five in the morning, getting up, getting dressed, going, taking my march my happy hips over to work. You think you think I felt like doing that? Every single day, you think I felt when I went up from a high school football team of of every single day running and lifting and working. You think I felt like doing that every single day? He sounds like you know what Kyrie sounds like. He sounds like a petulant, immature child who didn't get his ass whooped enough times and didn't and and, and wasn't and was never told no. I don't really feel like playing today. People in hell want to. I want to want a tall, ice cold glass of water. Anybody give a damn about what you feel like doing? Get your ass in your car, march happy episodes to, to the facility, and play basketball. 
getting paid $30 million a year to play a kid's game in the middle of a freaking pandemic, no less. Show up to work. I care what you feel like doing. I want to take some personal time off. How old are you, Kyrie? Grow up. I don't really feel like I don't really feel like showing up to work today. I just and whatever. I just I just don't feel like it. What a douchebag. For from the flat earth nonsense to the, to the creating your own league, I would not. I wouldn't hang out with Kyrie Irving if he was the if I if I had his number in my cell phone. I wouldn't want to hang out with Kyrie Irving, nor play with him in on a basketball court either. I don't give a crap if it's five on five, whether it's three on three on the blacktop or five on five in in a sold out NBA arena. I wouldn't go anywhere near him. Just doesn't feel like showing up to work. Just days at a time. Doesn't give Steve Nash a call after he basically fired Kenny Atkinson to get an unexperienced Steve Nash to coach the team. Doesn't let him know. Doesn't let the GM know. Doesn't let the owner know. Doesn't let Kevin Durant know who he placated for him to join to join Brooklyn for. Don't let anybody know. Just says, you know what? I'm not going to show up to work today. Screw screw everybody else. I don't really feel like showing up to work. Really? The unprofessionalism with with Kevin Durant with Kevin Durant with James Harden and Kyrie Irving is not a disgrace. It's a disgrace. It's in a pair blessed enough with the opportunity to play a kids game, get paid millions for it on television for the whole world to see. We're in the middle of a freaking pandemic where people are losing jobs left and right by left and, left and right hand over fist, and the, and these two pissants are sitting up here and that and, and and so childish to the point they don't want to show up t- to work. These two are such immature little brat douchebags that they don't want to bother showing up to work. Screw, screw my bosses, screw my co-workers, screw, screw the people that support me. I just don't feel like showing up to work. Because it's, it's, it's Kyrie or James Harden's world. And, and, and everything revolves around me. Really? I mean, again, try pulling that off. Pulling, pulling the crap that these two nut jobs are pulling off in corporate America and see if you get away with it without, without getting fired. Two, these two chumps making over $30 million a year playing a kid's game and they don't even give a crap enough to let their boss know whether or not they're going to show up to work or not. What a joke. And Kyrie Irving, who thinks he's Malcolm X, is going to sit up here and miss out, work, not tell anybody, and gets caught on a Zoom call talking about something with the New York Police Department. Don't want to play basketball. Just just save us. Just do us all a favor. Retire. Give the Nets their money back. And go out there and, go out there and worrying about being a social justice guy. Will you please? My goodness gracious. But he but he doesn't do but he doesn't want to do that because he still wants to play basketball. He just doesn't know he just doesn't know when. When whenever whenever he feels comfortable, Kyrie Irving will 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 decide to recommit to being a bas- basketball player again. 
I understand there's millions of there's millions of people unemployed, people starving, people doing without, thousands of people dead. But hell, I'm Kyrie Irving. I get to do what I want. You know, uh, let's see. Uh, let's go. Let's see. you know what? Let's go to my calendar and see when I can uh, fit the Brooklyn Nets in for uh, for a 9 a.m. shoot around. Let's see. Uh, let's see. Uh, January 20th won't work. Uh, how about uh, uh, how about uh, February 5th, the Friday before the Super Bowl? I'll go see. Uh, I'll see James Harden and Kevin Durant at the uh, at the practice facility uh, in New York. Then, Kyrie Irving, James Harden, what a fraud! What an ab- What an absolute fraud! What 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 a fraud! What a fraud! What a dope! What 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 two douchebags! Douchebags, those two guys are. I don't, you know, it's my world. I get to do what I want. To hell with everybody else. To hell with, to hell with everybody's feelings, and to hell with being considerate to other people. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do what I want because I'm Kyrie Irving. I'm James Harden, and and damn it, the rules don't apply to me. What a bunch of tools those two chumps are. Tools, tools. Both of them. Harden never won a thing in his life, and Kyrie Irving, who who is so screwed up in the head, you I'm I'm who's so screwed up in the head, you know you need a you need a damn psychiatrist to figure out what the hell is wrong with Kyrie Irving. What a joke those two Muppets are. That's your show. Had to get that off my chest. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe. Follow your boy on Twitter and Instagram at the J Shield. Follow the show on Instagram at Amatel at Amatel underscore podcast. The show on Twitter at Amatel underscore it is. It's your boy Josh Shields. Talk to you Friday. Brendan will be a guest on the program. Preview division around weekend in the NFL. It's your boy Josh Shields. Y'all stay safe. Y'all take care. See ya.